Walking in and advertising is no easy task. It takes skill, knowledge, passion, and sometimes sheer luck. But what if I told you you can create the opportunities necessary to get the job you want? You have to know what you want and then work backward. This is exactly what Natalie Alsid has done. She is an art director at Gray Group in New York City. What started with a love for photography, she realized that her ability to identify exciting aesthetics led her to stumble into advertising. She is an art director attempting to break the ordinary and break the ordinary she does. We discuss her break-in, graduate school, the Marcus Graham program, and discuss in length advice and resources tailored specifically for the aspiring art director and copywriter. So to see her portfolio, LinkedIn account, and specific resources, head over to our Instagram at EnteringAd. As well, this episode is supported by Chicago Portfolio School. They've helped thousands of students break into the industry since 2005. Learn more about their process at chicagoportfolio.com. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Natalie Alsid, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks for coming on. Doing good. So excited to be here. Excited to have you on. This is going to be a fun episode. You are an art director at Gray Group. Is that in New York? Where are you at? That is. In New York. Very nice. Didn't they merge with AKQA? What's the agency? They tried to. Um, have heard some tea that I won't share about mm. um, why that merger is a little rocky. But okay. um, yes, I think, I guess you could think of it as like a stepmom. So that is our stepmom. <laughs> I'm probably butchering the nature of the sure. relationship. Okay. From well, my we, understanding. Well, good to know. Okay. I thought it was like a complete one-to-one merge. And I maybe I just haven't been following closely enough. And that's my fault. Neither has our staff, so, so we're all done yeah. too. Yeah, I get it. I know that's higher up. You know, there's those people making those decisions wherever they are at, wherever they're at. But let's talk about you. You're an art director uh, at Gray Group. How long have you been there? We have a lot to talk about this episode, and I'm excited for that. But how long have you been at Gray? Definitely, I've been here for seven months. It feels like way longer than that. Um, yeah, but it's been a fun ride so far. Cool, cool. An art director. So, you are you teamed up with a copywriter? Do you have like a partner in crime? Like, who is who is that? I am. My partner is awesome. He's from Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, you want to give him his name a shout out? Yes, Mr. James Fees. I said he was from KC first because he reps that very hard. So. I like that. I like that. Well, they got a good football team there. Where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. That is like a unicorn now to most people. But Why do you say that? A, minute. a lot of people here, especially in this industry, are not like native New Yorkers. Um, I have a feeling it has to do with a lot of reasons, but uh, it's interesting. Interesting. Maybe we'll hint at some of those reasons in a little bit. I think so. But you're, so you're from Brooklyn. Good pizza there, I'm sure. Yes. I've never been. I've been to Manhattan. Never been to Brooklyn. What's like your favorite place to eat? Give us like a couple of your resource Ooh, recommended places to go there. To eat in Brooklyn. Oof. 
That's a heavy one. I think, hmm, can't fail you guys here. Okay, if you're looking for like a good, authentic Italian meal, I would recommend Michael's. It is very, very deep in Brooklyn, but it is so good. You will not regret it. Okay. Is that your, all right, that's good. Is that your only one or anything else? Like pizza slice, anything there? Pizza slice. Um, I'm a trader. My favorite pizza comes from Manhattan. Okay, it's what's that? Jay's Pizza on 14th Street near 7th Avenue. Okay. You'll not regret it. Okay, love it, love it. So you're from Brooklyn, and you're an art director at Gray Group. Tell us about your position as an art director at Gray Group. Or like, what are you doing? Who's your manager? What are you What are you working on? Are you legally allowed us to tell allowed to tell us that? Give us the <laughs> Give us the tea. Give us the details. At a glance, um, I touch quite a few different accounts at the agency. My main account is um, GSK, so think like Advil, Robitussin, lots of our over-the-counter medicine friends. Um, I also work on Pringles um, and get to the chance to work on lots of new business stuff. So they do a good job at keeping me busy, but they also keep me excited. <laughs> so that's, that's okay. super fun. Um, I work with an awesome team of executive creative directors um, who are relatively new too. I think across the board, we've had a lot of new blood coming in, which is exciting to see. Um, but yeah, I think my day-to-day -day is a very fair mix of just like uh, concepting and really coming up with really cool ways to um, break through the noise of all the advertising clutter that you see. But I think mm -hmm. a lot of it too is also craft and, um, and, and a huge part of it, too, is storytelling, obviously. Um, and I think storytelling in a way that is different, um, that's, I guess, thumb-stopping. I hate that term, but it's, it's a true one. And I think stories that depict things that we don't often see, a lot of stories that go untold. I think some of my favorite work that we've done at the agency has been work that has really shattered norms and shed light on stories that we don't see. Love it. Love it. You have um, an MPS on your, your title here on LinkedIn. Is that a master in professional studies? That is. So I went to portfolio school at a, um, small program up at the City College of New York that I'm going to plug shamelessly because they are awesome. The um, mouthful jumble of a name is called the Branding and Integrated Communications Program. Um, we call it BIC. Uh, the program is awesome. I believe it's in its like seventh, sixth or seventh year, probably butchering that. Um, okay. But I think a few things about it to me that are great. It's part of the CUNY system, which is the public college system of New York. I am a New York native CUNY kid through and through. So it's super important to me. I think just the idea that you can get an affordable master's degree and still also have a competitive portfolio um, that's worthy of a lot of the portfolio schools that we see coming out. Um, is one thing that I love about it and just the people that I've been able to meet there and the program director, Nancy Tag, is fabulous. So it's portfolio pro you come out with a portfolio and the like the graduate degree. Yes, you do. Love that. Love that. How long does it take? 
two years, two um, not easy at all years, but two years that were filled with awesome growth learning. I actually met one of my best friends at the program who's also in the industry. um, And our dream is to start an agency together one day. So if that ends up happening, that'll be a perfect case study for the program. Absolutely. And it will. It will happen. That's you got goals and we like that. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. So you're at Gray Group. You weren't always at Gray Group, but we're not going to get, we're not going to work. We're going to go farther back. Let's, let's go to how you got started in all of this. Um, You know, maybe back in high school or college, whenever you figured out, Hey, I want to do advertising. When was that? And why did you think that? (laughs) It is a quite an interesting story. I have to literally give it to Tyra Banks. I used to be obsessed with America's Next Top Model as a kid. I literally watched it like religiously. Um, And one of the things that um, I admired most was the photography aspect of it. The idea of capturing stories like that. Um, And in this case, um, super fashion forward, but um, also stories that were super highly conceptual. So that like totally inspired me. And I was like, I want to be a photographer. So I was about 17. I just finished high school and I landed an internship for a photographer. And I realized I do not want to be a photographer. That's (laughs) the beauty of an internship. You got to learn. You got to learn to know. Yeah. So particularly through that experience, I think it was just the production. I think just that side of things was not necessarily where I saw myself, but I did love visual storytelling. And I did love the idea of how photography and how video and how different mediums came together to tell stories through media. So that was always something that was a goal of mine, how to tell bigger and bigger stories. So when I found out I didn't want to be a photographer, I started in graphic design. Yeah, so I um, started my degree in graphic design from there. And I think finally felt like, okay, this is like what I want to do. This really feels conducive to telling stories. Um, and then I realized to be in advertising, there's a whole conceptual bit to that, mm-hmm. um, where I think is where I grew from not just a graphic designer, but a visual storyteller. And that just threw me into the world of advertising. I did a lot of freelance work for like local businesses and brands. And I think that's what kind of taught me about not just conceptual marketing, but what it looks like to make ideas that are integrated and also just the ins and outs of freelancing. So all of that kind of led me to portfolio school where I really wanted to make a portfolio, honestly, and merge my love of conceptual storytelling with design. Um, And that crazy experience led me to where I am now. Well, relatively, there were a few stops along the way, but. (laughs) Yeah. What are the, what are those stops? So you wait, so you graduated from what, what what was the school? What was the undergrad? College of technology. Um, Okay. We call it City Tech. City it's Tech. Um, yeah, also like a public CUNY college that has an awesome burgeoning design program. So I graduated from there in communication design, and since then the program has like 
grown phenomenally into like their own mini ad school. Nice. So it's awesome. So you graduated from City Tech. And then how long in between from graduating from undergrad at City Tech to, did it take you to go to Portfolio School, which is City University of New York College? Is that right? City University of New York City College? Yeah, the City College of New York. It took like I think one semester I took off. Oh, okay. <laughs> so in that one semester, I did like a lot of freelancing, a lot of I think trying to do my portfolio on my own um, okay. and a lot of just being a student to the game, which I think helped me so much. I used to like go to the library of my undergrad and like read annuals, award annuals from like the nineties. I think that just fascinated me and really underscored the fact that I want to be in this industry and do this kind of work. Yeah. So did you have the intentions of, were you job searching after your undergrad and you were like freelancing, you were trying to find a job, you were trying to build their portfolio. What was your intention in that one semester, what were you trying to get at there? I'm just curious what that you took off. I think a lot of that year was about figuring out what my own personal story was as a creative. I think I'd spent so long doing projects for other brands and not really doing anything that was about me. So I think yeah. in that time, unexpectedly, I took a lot of time doing that. And I think it paid off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you're always in, in school, you're always doing assignments, what people are telling you to do, which are great. But you took the time, you know, to do that on your own, to do what you truly wanted. And I, I you know, I, I actually adopted a new mindset for undergrad students that I, I haven't really um, vocalized a lot on this podcast is if you're an undergrad, start focusing on like those passion projects or spec pod projects outside of like assignments and classrooms. And now I'm even shifting towards, which might be illegal to say, like if you're doing like client work for like an organization and you're not getting that great of like briefs or, you know, you're doing like these local clients that aren't really, they don't really care about advertising, maybe lay off that and just do your own thing. Maybe find a good group of people and really explore when you have that time because they're not the best creative work. I don't know. That's just something new that I've been bouncing around. That's so true. Um, I think part of what I did even after portfolio school was just keep building my portfolio mm -hmm. in a way where like I had a copywriter buddy at work and we weren't even doing, we weren't doing stuff at our last job that was to the creative standard that we wanted to do. So we did it on our own. We'd like right. meet up on Sundays at a cafe. And um, that's actually how I got my job here was the book that we made together. Exactly. Cause like, like when you're, if you're in a student club during undergrad, you might not get the, the best opportunities. And if you're in an internship, you might be doing coupons, like print coupons. They're not like, you know, there's not a lot of concept to it. You know, so a portfolio needs to last you a long time. It's your foundation. And if you create a good one, you know, you can ride off that for a long time because you might not get that great of opportunities when you start in your first couple of years of your job. You're not going to be doing those huge campaigns maybe till later. I, that's just what I'm thinking right now. But it's so true. And I will use that to say there's no shame in spec work. I used to always no. think like, oh, this is not real. Um, but it's almost cooler because it's not real because that means there's no clients to like mess it up and have you make the logo bigger. Right. Exactly. You need to show interesting and cool work for cool brands that are big. And 
that's what people want to see when they're hiring. They want to see that you're able to do this. You can concept. You can write good lines if you're a copywriter. You have good art direction if you're an art director. You know, you're a great designer. You can make great designs. They want to see the basics of that. So I think that's really interesting. So, and you obviously found that in portfolio school and then on your own. Um, and you got the cool MPS on your name, the masters, <laughs> which we love. That's all. Awesome. As someone who thinks degrees are pointless, I just paid too much for it to not put it somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah. I, it's awesome. I mean, you earned it for sure. Um, okay. So then how'd you break in? Tell us. So you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit there, but what was like, what was your first agency job and how'd you get it? So my first agency job was like, it was a really, really super small startup under a bigger um, agency umbrella. So the bigger agency was called Golan. And mm-hmm. um, I love telling this story. So I was in portfolio school and the program had an event where they had Michael Roth, who was then the CEO of IPG. They okay. had um, Matt wow. Neal, who was the CEO of Golan. And they had um, two other CEOs, I believe one from Weber Shandwick and one from another agency. So we got some PR in here. Yes, some PR in the house. Love a good earned media headline. Sure. (laughs) So I happened to be interviewing for an internship at um, Golan subsidiary agency at the time. Mm -hmm. And my program director, I like told her about it at the event and she grabbed my hand and ran me up to this man who was the CEO at the time. I'm like trying to muster up words to say hello. I don't know what came out of my mouth, but we ended up talking and having interaction. From there, I met Michael Ross, which was like insane. Um, wow. And I don't know, we must have hit it off in a really authentic way because he emailed the hiring manager personally and said, are you going to hire her? You need to hire her. Nice. So that, and that was for an internship role, but because the agency was so startup and so small at the time, I was able to wear a lot of hats. I was able to be client facing. I was able to like quasi lead creative initiatives and projects within the agency. So it was an amazing experience that I think wouldn't have happened if A, I didn't put myself in a position to like be at this event. Um, and I think too, if I, um, I didn't just do something that I was a little like scared shitless to do, which is like talk to a CEO of this big agency. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was this event? It was um, a small, they used to have a five at five event. So there were five leaders um, and they talked about like five relevant topics. Um, but like honestly, just like a before class event, they would really try to bring people from the industry to the campus. So that was one of the things that, that they just had and took advantage of. I went for the free cheese and crackers and ended That'll up getting an internship. So, Yeah. I mean, sometimes the free pizza will dry in, but now that you're listening and if people that are listening to this are probably already motivated, but you know, go to those events because you, you'll meet, you know, CEOs and you'll shake hands and you'll get that resume pushed through or that portfolio pushed through for sure. Love it. So you got the internship. You did well there. You said it was smaller um, startup of Golan where you wore many hats. You got to show off. And then what happened after that? Then the agency merged with another agency. So 
I think mm-hmm. merging is just something that's inevitably going to happen in sure, most people's sure. careers in this industry. Um, so we merged with another um, PR firm. And I think what ended up happening ultimately is with the onset of COVID, the creative department just kind of started to shrink um, more and more. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. just a lot of accounts were lost and there was just a lot of, I think, just industry-wide lots yeah, of change. Hot. Yeah. Was this like in the midst of like the beginning of the pandemic? I the merger happened, I think, in December, and by March we were work from home, so sure. it, it's super new. Um, and at that time, you know, I was still able to do some cool work even with the pandemic, um, and just like by the grace, was able to like keep my job during the pandemic. But I think when I was approached by Gray, it seemed like a really cool opportunity to do something new at such a bigger place which is something that i hadn't known so i went from like very very small startup pond to like massive (laughs) lake river ocean but it's been an awesome experience yeah absolutely okay so getting into gray getting into gray i'm gonna write that down that might be the the headliner or something (laughs) like that so tell us about that like was it was it difficult? Who'd you talk to? Give us the process there. I um, was approached by a recruiter um, who was awesome. And I think, honestly, with all those processes, there's a lot of like interviewing, meeting people, schedules. Um, so it, it took a while. But one thing that I think I noticed right off the bat was that the people just seemed awesome and the energy seemed awesome and I think it was the first opportunity where I was able to interview the place where I was working and not like feel like an interviewee and I think that was part of the reason why I felt like it was such a good fit because I was like in my house able to ask these questions not like having to sneak out of my office job um yeah I felt like I was able to connect um, with the recruiters in a more authentic way just because I already had a job. So I was in a position where like, okay, like let me ask the tough questions about your culture and how your employees feel. Um, So after that process, I think what really made me feel like, yeah, I definitely want to do this um, were just the creative directors that I spoke to. I think one of the biggest things about an agency is their leadership and agencies where I've like not wanted to work at or have heard bad things about, I think also stem from how their leadership is. So that was really what for me made me wanna make the jump. Um, And funny semi-story, I'd gone to visit Gray um, in undergrad and I Mm. had a, a picture of a piece of artwork at the agency as my screensaver for years and to, oh, like really? see that in person at the office. Um, I've like started going again every now and every now in a while. And um, it was just, it was just surreal to like, feel like I visited this place and now I'm like able to be a part of the environment. So absolutely. Really absolutely. Cool. Um, and you bring up a good point. Like it's about who you work with and who you work for. And I know, when you're an undergrad or you're in portfolio school or in grad school or your recent grad, wherever you're at, the tendency is to think the big name, um, which is those are always changing, right? Like, like ECDs move around, CCOs move around the, the, the structure 
Uh, and the people are constantly evolving at these agencies. And there's, you know, looking at who you're going to be working for is super important. So I always try to let remind people, you know, the name will change. I mean, widens widen for because the people that work there. Right. So I'm glad that you like everybody there. It sounds like a great place. What any ads that you've made in the past or recent in the past couple of months that you're super proud of? There's one in development now. Um, so we're going through the motions of that and I will be proud of it when it is released. But one that I will talk about that was in development as I was joining. So I didn't get to touch it, but okay. um, I admire the team that worked on it and the project itself sure. so much. It was for PNG um, as an umbrella brand. It was called Widen the Screen. And it was literally about the narrowness of perspectives and images of people of color in media. And if you think about like widening the screen, it's really widening what we see. It's widening the representation um, of people of color in media. And I think it was such um, an important tactic, um, but it was also such a clever creative idea. I think they, they played do? around with the idea of the screen ratio um, how it's like 16 and then like we literally see such a narrow slice and then visually you see that expand. So the spots feature stories where you'd see people of color and scenarios where like you'd, you'd kind of hint on what would happen next based on stereotypes that we are so used to seeing in media. And then it flips on its head because you actually see that the stories end with outcomes that are actually positive depictions um, that hmm. are contrary to what we usually see. So I think it was, it was such an important statement to be made by such a big consumer brand, but also done in such a clever way. So what, what's it called? Widen the screen? Widen the screen. Yeah. Wow. All right. Everybody check that out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch that right after this. I it's love an it. awesome series. Nice. And you're working on stuff now that that you're excited about? Yeah, I think honestly, to be able to like get into an environment where I'm already like able to produce work so quickly is like super inspiring. Um, and I've been able to learn so much throughout the process. So that's been super cool. I'm sure there's a lot of resources there and great people. Um, okay. So that's your story. Did we miss any like parts of it? Like of how you got to where you're at today? Do you want to shout out anything? Um, I'll definitely shout out to Marcus Graham Project. Right. Uh, to what I was telling you before, it's an yeah. awesome program. And I think throughout all of my employment experiences, I've been somehow able to leverage that community too. Um, oh, well, explain what it is so, yes. and like, how people can like look into it. The Marcus Graham Project is an awesome fellowship program that helps just champion um, diversity in the advertising communication space um, and literally anybody and everyone can be a part of their programming. They do nationwide workshops and they do a bigger boot camp every year. Um, such an awesome way to gain exposure into this industry. I think one of the toughest things about this industry is even for like internships or the most entry level roles, you'll see like they'll hit you with one to two year experience mandates. Yeah. It's like, how? Yeah. How do yeah. I get that experience? Um, so um, I love programs like the Marcus Graham Project and similar ones because they provide that experience. Um, 
I feel like so much of this industry is very like who you know and what you know. And I mm -hmm. think programs like that democratize being able to get into this industry. Absolutely. So what is, is it, it's like, um, is it a summer internship? Is it a, like a, a conference? Is it like, what, what is the, what are the details of it? So um, I will share the link with you. I think the best way is just to follow them on social. My sure. friend sent me the link to their website and that's how I was able to apply to one of their like workshops. Okay. And from there, so the um, workshop. Yeah. So they have workshops that are typically like around three to four days where you work with awesome hmm. brands and they also have their bigger boot camp. So, so many opportunities to get involved. Um, I believe it's marcusgrahamproject.org. I'm here. Um, yeah. Okay. But they're on social, they're on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, just an awesome community of people from all different backgrounds, not just creative. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I've heard of it and I've heard great things about it, but you're our first guest that spoke about it. So it's always good to get new resources like that. Um, obviously, the MAPE program, MPMS program are huge for the AAF. We've heard we've had plenty of guests that have gone through that and found tremendous success. So we'll keep that an eye out for that as well. I'll link to that, those resources. Um, what else though? What else you said you love giving advice and you you're you're you love giving the the insights and resources. What else do you recommend for somebody that is a recent graduate or somebody in, in college right now to be successful as a creative in advertising? I think one awesome thing that um, a CCO actually told me was to leverage leverage the fact that we are such digital natives um, mm -hmm. and leverage the fact that we live, breathe, and like eat and sleep a lot of these platforms that so many people in the industry are so thirsty to like tap into and navigate for their clients. So I think for me, um, I love Instagram. And so one of the things that I always try to think of when I was thinking of spec work and portfolio work is like, what are awesome ways to hack Instagram for this client? And I think in part, a lot of that stuff is what attracted CDs to my portfolio because a lot of times mm. your simple standard like print stuff um, while that's so important and so integral to like expressing a concept um, there are a lot of people that can come up with those executions but if you're able to show brands how they can win on TikTok how they can win on Instagram how they can like hack stories in a cool way um, those are going to be the ideas that are there are a lot less of um, how to do cool podcast stuff yeah. um, and I, I think that's the stuff that brands want to see because right now there are so many brands scratching the surface on the digital space yes yes I'm not the best at social media stuff. I know that. Um, but if you got it, you got it. And that stuff, you can't really like teach that to somebody that's older, right? You could, but they'd rather just pay you to do it, right? So just do it and, and offer them. Show them what you know. I mean, we were born with it. Like, it's crazy how innate we can just pick up the phone and like, I've had to tell older people that I know, like, this is what an Instagram story is. Like, you have, this is how you gotta click on the, the logo up top. Like, it, it goes away after 24 hours, actually. But the in feed stays forever. 
So just explaining those little basics that we've known for so long, it's so important that you can apply to any brand really. So true. And I can't tell you how much clients and like CDs just appreciate like you being able to help them tap into something that's timely. So many things on social are like, if you don't hit it in the minute, you didn't hit it. Ah, so there's I mean, that like, earned, you've got the, that little PR background <laughs> detecting. Yeah. The timeliness, the relevance of it. Yeah. It's so true. We love a good headline. Yeah. And yeah, being in the moment. And we know that like, um yeah if you if you if you don't share it you're doing your your boss a disservice so true yeah i had to explain like you can't really post more than like two in-feed posts a day like don't do that don't flood on instagram like one i think like one a week is fine but you know that's for my personal brand even like last summer i think in the wake of like George Floyd's murder, so many brands did not know how to respond. And mm-hmm. it was so interesting seeing the paradynamic flip where all these like younger, more junior people are being asked, like, what do we do? How should yeah. we do it? How do we come off authentic exactly. in this time where a lot of people are messing up and we're afraid to? So yeah. It definitely comes in handy. That would be my advice. Another piece of advice I would say um, is don't be afraid to be scrappy. I think a lot of times, um, especially because a lot of work is coming from big agencies or big production houses, um, I think there's still a huge appreciation for scrappy things. And I think in an era where like production value for an Instagram post is like insane to fathom, I think there is definitely a cleverness um, and an appreciation to being scrappy in a unique and conceptual way. So love that. Love that. Do you have any examples off the top of your head? Um, One of my favorite things that I used to do um, at my last agency was I shot our social content. um, And that was so fun. I think especially to see like, some of the stuff that we literally did in the closet of our agency garners so much engagement and starts so much conversation on social. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it was helpful too to be able to like leverage that for my own professional growth of saying like I you know was responsible for creating content that performed like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another example of that was just like in the beginning of the pandemic, so many production houses and even in-house agency teams and um, agency teams in general had to be scrappy. So we saw a lot of like in-house photo shoots happening. We saw a lot of like virtual productions happen that like seem unfathomable to have happened virtually, but they did. Um, Mm -hmm. a, A lot of things come into fruition and even the ways agencies continue to use their leverage to promote messages like getting vaccinated and just things pertaining to stopping the spread, I think has been super clever. Yeah, absolutely. Using their voice, being scrappy. I love it. And okay. What about like resources, any resources you recommend? You said Marcus Graham, any like things that you follow day to day that you recommend you know, we got ad age, we know ad week, anything else you want to shout out? 
I love the underground ones. Definitely would give Natalie Kim and we are next to shout out. Um, okay. There's another small group. Well, they're probably not that small, but they're called um, Team Strategist. It's not spelled in the conventional way. Um, sorry, I'm like trying to. Yeah, it's like strategy strategist with no vowels. I'll send you the link, but they are awesome. Um, Perfect. What do they I, do? They just have a lot of awesome content just around navigating in the industry, um, but also just like self-purpose, um, how to just articulate your personal brand. I did a workshop particularly on that topic with them, and oh. it was awesome. And just like awesome resources i find in this time it's especially cool to connect with people on a level that's not just like learning um but mm. also just connecting so they have right. a lot of that stuff too um what's your I, personal brand my personal brand <laughs> my personal brand I, am, I know right i'll give you um a rough off the cuff elevator pitch sure <laughs> yeah 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 why not I am um, an art director who is hell-bent on breaking the rules to tell stories that often go untold. I um, love things at the intersection of just like digital and social reach. Um, again, I'll use thumb stopping even though I hate that, but also that have a core rooted in purpose and changing the way people think. I think wow. if, if advertising doesn't bring people together, make people mad, or make them want to like hug each other, they didn't do it right. <laughs> that's perfect. Wow, that's how you do it right there. So so amazing, and it says so much about you. So it's a great brand, and it's it's meaningful. So we love that, and that's how you do it right there. I, I think we can we can leave it off unless you have anything else you want to say to the people out there. Um, keep, 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 keep pushing, keep, keep working on your book. It is an ever-changing thing. I will mm -hmm. probably be working on my portfolio during my funeral. I tell people um, <laughs> it'll yeah. all be worth it. That's how important it is to keep updating it um, and just be a student to the game. There's so yeah. many resources, um, so many things, I think, especially now that the industry is creating so that people can really learn and grow um, and understand the creative bar and surpass it. So totally Perfect. take advantage of that. Awesome. And we'll link to all of your resources and your portfolio, of course, at our Instagram account at entering ad one more time at entering ad. So that's all I got Natalie. This has been fantastic. You you've been so helpful. So I appreciate you coming on and have a wonderful day. Appreciate you. This is awesome. And I'm so awesome and excited to um, hear future guests on the show. Of course. Thank you. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design, the kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie. Or 
just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you all for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest. Make sure you go and connect with them on LinkedIn. Tell them that Breaking and Entering sent you. Now, thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio technician, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director, as well as the student team from the Midnight Oil Agency at the University of Illinois. Can't do it without you all. Thank you very much. We will see you all next week with another amazing guest.